Welcome to Whole Team Eats Podcast, a 24-8 media production. Ever wonder who trains your favorite athlete? Join Tim Miller as he takes a look at the behind-the-scenes training of professional and collegiate athletes. Tim connects with trainers, athletes, and others in the sports community to share their stories. This podcast is dedicated to highlighting the work of athletes and trainers to inspire action and build community. What's up, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Whole Team Meets Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 6. I'm your host, Tim Miller, and on this show, I sit down with Lily Abdomalik, founder and sports performance specialist at DSA Sports Performance. Growing up in St. Louis, Lily didn't play organized sports, but she was always active as a kid. Lily started to realize her passion for training when she went to the University of Florida. Upon graduating from Florida, Lily earned a degree in kinesiology and specialized in both biomechanics and exercise science. At first, Lily thought about physical therapy, but that quickly changed once she received an internship with a sports performance facility in Atlanta. On the show, we discuss challenges as a female in the sports performance industry over the past 20 years. In 2009, Lily made the decision to bet on herself and opened her own training facility. Since then, Lily has established herself as one of the top trainers in the industry. She trains notable athletes such as Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Quincy Williams of the New York Jets. It is my pleasure to introduce Lily Abdomalik, founder and sports performance specialist at DSA Sports Performance to the show. Lily, welcome. Thank you. So uh, I know we recently connected after uh, years of following your your training and, and content that you put out on social media. Uh, so really excited to hear your story and your background um, and more about what you're currently doing with your training. But uh, I know we're now into 2024. Uh, can can you just kind of take a step back and recap what 2023 was like for you, for your business and, and what kind of challenges or uh, successes you had in 23? Um, I mean, it's, you never know what's going to come up every off season with any sport. Um, but you know, last year was a really good year for us. Um, you know, got some new clients, um, made some changes with the business, but I mean, overall it was really blessed and, um, just really satisfied with what we were able to achieve. And, um, a lot of the athletes, thank God, were, have been having healthy seasons and that's like our number one goal. Um, cause you never know what the season is going to hold for any sport. So, yeah. And, uh, it, that, that's always number one for all of your athletes that you train to be healthy. That should be top priority for, I'm assuming almost every trainer out there, right? The goal Absolutely. is to improve performance, but number one over anything else is, is for health for the athletes. So, uh, we've kind of flipped the calendar here into 24. Um, how has training been to start the year and, and what, what kind of stage are you in? Are you in, uh, you know, football training mostly. Is it a variety of sports? Combine training? Can you can you take a, a deeper dive into where you currently are to start twenty four? Yeah, so we definitely entered twenty twenty four with um, baseball off season. Um, so it kind of rolled in from like the winter of twenty twenty three onto um, the winter of twenty twenty four. So I'll have them till about like February. Um, so finishing up with them and. Just, you know, recently started a couple weeks ago with um, the combine training. And then slowly into February, we'll start to get some guys kind of poking in, um, getting their feet wet with the training for the NFL offseason. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that the the combine guys are ready to go right now, and that's full fledged at this point. And you, you'll start to see those uh, off season NFL guys start to to come in in, in February. That's great. Um, so what, where I really want to start this episode, uh, aside from the training, is to hit on you as uh, obviously your your personal background. And then the progression through, you know, where did you grow up? Did you play sports? And uh, how you ultimately decided that training was the path that you wanted to pursue uh, for your career? Yeah, um, I grew up in St. Louis, not a huge, huge city, but it was a great baseball city. So I grew up (laughs) watching the Cardinals. Really didn't play any organized sports. Um, That's just not how I grew up. Didn't really have the means like everybody else did. But um, I was definitely that kid that was running in the streets, you know, old school, climbing trees, you know, playing sports outside. Um, And, you know, went to University of Florida, had an internship, got my degree in physiology, (laughs) kinesiology, specialized in like biomechanics, exercise sciences, and ended up in Atlanta with an internship in a sports performance business. didn't quite know if I was going to go the physical therapy route or work more on the side of performance. Kind of took a liking to the performance side and stuck with it ever since and have been in the business for about 20 years now. 20 years. Wow. And it, we don't come across trainers every day who've been in the business for 20 years. So <laughs> you are uh, definitely a uh, you know seasoned vet in the industry. Um, your work speaks for itself to be able to uh, not only break into the industry, but also have a sustained career uh, that's you know been 20 years. It speaks to your training. It speaks to the athletes that you train and the success that they've had. And you've had a lot of big name athletes, which we'll get into a little bit further into the show. Um, but you do a variety of sports, which is, uh, I don't know if it was always that way from the beginning. If you started with one sport or you branched out over time, uh, you have a, a very successful business with, uh, you know, multiple trainers and, and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of has grown uh, from where you started 20 years ago. Can you take our listeners through the progression of how you started in the industry 20 years ago and then the kind of the evolution to, to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, I entered straight into like more of the speed, agility, power, acceleration, all that kind of type of training. Um, So I kind of decided to be a little more specific with that rather than just your general strength and conditioning coaching, um, being in the weight room a lot. So I started with an internship, worked for two different sports performance companies, learned from an Olympic track coach, which was Lauren Seagrave, and who I consider one of like the NFL Combine training gurus, which is Tony Bellani. Um, so I was really young at the time. Uh, it was probably about 2009 when they uh, I kind of separated ways with XPE and started my business in 2009. And then um, just from there, you know, a lot of guys kind of trusted me and kept it rolling. It was guys like old school players. I mean, people probably may or may not recognize the names, but it's like, you know, Takeo Spikes, uh, Jamal Lewis. Um, I had some basketball player. Josh Powell was with me at the time and he played in the NBA, um, played with Kobe Bryant, you know, so it was like old school cats. Um And so it kind of, it grew over the years, you know, it started with a handful of guys, um, trained a couple high school players and it just kept growing. It wasn't easy. It was a long process. Um, but fast forward to 2024, 
Um, I have my own facility, um, train all types of athletes, and um, been grinding since. And at what point did you get your own facility? I acquired this space in 2019. So I oh. was, before then, I would rent out space from other local gyms, run my business out of it, use, you know, the fields around the area, um, and then acquired this right before COVID. Gotcha. And that's what I was going to bring up next was what obstacles or setbacks, the obvious setbacks was not being able to train in person, or were you able to find ways to uh, you kind of make it through the, the COVID shutdown. Um, how were you able to overcome that obstacle? I mean, it, the guys had to work out, so it was pretty simple. Uh, nobody really knew like the severity of it at the time, like once it first came out. Um, but they had, they didn't know when they were going to go back to their teams or what the situation was. So we just kept grinding. I mean, we kept working out hard. Um, all, it was, it was crazy in here. It was madness. Cause we had like every sport kind of going. Right. Um, but it was definitely a, a moment to remember during that time. Yeah. And I think that's for most everyone, right? The, yeah. the world kind of shut down for a period of time and no one really knew what the severity or what was really going on, uh, with, uh, you know, the health and, and safety of everybody. So, uh, I know a lot of trainers I've spoken with knew that, um, it was a potential risk or opportunity for their business. Uh, you used it to uh, kind of keep pushing through and, and keep building your brand. Now, uh, you, you mentioned some big names, Takeo Spikes, Jamal Lewis. Those are some great guys to, to kind of break in with. Jamal Lewis was uh, one of the best running backs in the NFL, if I remember correctly, at that time. Back in 2009, he had a uh, record-breaking season uh, in, in the late 2000s. Um, so he was definitely somebody who probably was uh, a testament to your work at the very beginning. Absolutely. I mean, these were guys who, you know, you got to think that once you get to a certain level um, as a professional athlete, you've trained with a lot of people. Um, you've gotten to see all different types of training. Um, and so for, you know, those guys at the time when I was that young, um, be able to trust what I was doing, um, pretty much put their whole livelihood into my hands, their careers, their money, their families. Um, it, it was a big responsibility and I, and I kind of rolled with it. So, um, you know, finished through, um, working with them through their career. Um, and I think just over time building up the clientele of other athletes, other NFL players, basketball players, and so on. So. Yeah. And, and you, you nailed it. One thing that I, I, kind of try to uh, go over with the trainers that, that come on whole team eats podcast is talking about the fact that athletes are putting their livelihood into the hands of their trainers and who they select as a trainer, because remaining healthy, remaining in, in top performance and improving their performance year after year uh, allows them to provide for themselves and their families. Um, and, and training is really the, the ticket behind uh, or the engine behind everything that kind of falls in place for athletes. So um, when, I, when a, a rookie comes into the league, you help them make the jump from the collegiate ranks into the professional uh, sport. And then it, once you're in the first few years, you're on a rookie contract, you're trying to get that next contract to really uh, you know, secure uh, your, your financial stability for your family. So there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, it must be uh, an honor in a way for you to represent and train these athletes. But how was it early on? Because 
I had, I mean, I'm not a trainer myself. I would assume it would be somewhat intimidating to a degree. It's a lot of pressure or did you not find it to be as much pressure? And you said, I'm good with training athletes. I know my stuff. I don't feel any extra pressure working with the high level guys. Yeah, no, it came easy. It came easy to me. I know <laughs> I say that all the time. It just did. And I think that's kind of how I knew this was my place. Um, but yeah, like I just, you know, the success kept rolling in and I think that's why the guys kept coming back each and every year. Um, you know, I've been with athletes for eight, nine, 10, even 11 years. Um, so being a part of their process since becoming a professional athlete or even before that, um, it, it's, it's very fulfilling. Um, but for sure, I mean, early on it was, you know, you learn, you take things from different people, you learn from the athletes. I think I learned the most from the athletes themselves. Um, but, you know, I it, it did, it came easy to me. Um, and I think that's that was kind of part of the, the trust that they had with me because it did come so easy, so. And I think what kind of goes unseen for a lot of trainers is, yes, you're training the athlete, but it's more than just training most days, right? Uh, whether they're working back from an injury or they're going through something in their personal life, you become like a behavioral coach in a sense where you have to understand the athlete, uh, you know, kind of to a deeper level in some cases, understand what stage of their career they are and are they getting ready to retire? Or are they trying to, you know, get one last season or are they just starting their career? So I feel like you as a trainer, there's so much more that goes into being a trainer than just training the athlete that a lot of people don't understand and, and uh, you know, really goes unnoticed by most. But we understand here at 24-8 that there's a ton that goes into being a trainer. Uh, just to kind of take a step back for a second, you mentioned the process of taking an athlete from the, I guess you could call it the foundation or the beginning of their athletic career and watching them as they progress throughout, uh, you know, high school, college, professional level. And uh, one name that we were discussing before the show, when we first connected, that comes to mind is Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. So I know you've been training him for some time. Could you tell our uh, audience how long you've been working with Jalen and, and what that, uh, you know, what it's like to see somebody move from what was it, middle school, all the way to where he is today? Yeah, yeah. I started with him when he was about eighth grade um, and been with him ever since. So each and every off season, we're together. Um, so it's it's a great feeling. I mean, he's an amazing athlete. Uh, to see him grow into like the kind of man that he is, what he stands for, is, is really probably the most impressive thing. I know most people would be like, nah, his footwork and, and his dunks and... and but for me personally, it's been seeing how he's grown, um, what his morals are and stuff like that. But he is a, a great athlete, always has been. I mean, definitely works very hard. And that's what separates the guys, especially at such a young age. Like he he literally back in high school looked like a man playing against some kids. It, it was that that big of a gap. Um, so it's no wonder that he's reached the level that he's reached. I mean, he's gone through, when I first met him, he had like an ankle injury. He was in eighth grade. So once he, we kind of got through that, um, he definitely started to really break out. I would say about 10th grade, um, and just started balling from there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his work doesn't need to, 
it speaks for itself, right? He's one of the best players in the NBA at this point. He just signed a, uh, it's a massive, like $300 million contract. And when you talk about his morals, it's, you know, he's already talked about giving back to his community. So uh, that does speak to him as a person, not just as an athlete. And you've seen that for a long time now. So, you know, is it gratifying for you as a trainer to to see somebody achieve that level of success after being with you for so long? And and how does that make you feel? Yeah, absolutely. To feel that. I mean, I think what makes me feel even better is that he still comes to me after all these years. You know, you make that kind of money and you're still wanting that same kind of old school grind that you had back in the day. Um, so that that's definitely just a great feeling. It's, you know, it just makes me feel like we're, we're family, you know, like I trust you, you trust me, like we're in this together. Um, we're going to grow together. We're going to succeed together. And I want to see you do well. And I know he wants to see me do well as well. Yeah, that that's amazing. And uh, you know, uh, adding to the young NBA superstars that you train is Anthony Edwards. He's the number 1 pick in the overall draft. So mm-hmm. you do uh there's there must be something that you're doing that is attracting top talent of not just the NBA but all sports uh mm-hmm. for them to kind of put their faith into what you're doing and the science behind the programs that you've put together. Uh it attracts some of the top talent in all sports, which Absolutely. is incredible. Same thing. I mean, I want to pinpoint um, a young lady, Diamond DeShields. She she grew up um, kind of with with JB, and she plays basketball with WNBA. And I same thing. I was with her since she was in eighth grade, and she still trains with me today. So, going through that process, seeing them grow up, I mean, it is it is pretty cool. And watching them be at the top of the top, you can't you can't get any better than that. Once you hit the WNBA, NBA, USA athletes, like you're there. Yeah, that's but that's what everybody looks up to. I guess the next step for you is to uh, be at some of these Hall and Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, and then that will be. I don't know if you've had any to this point, but that'll be down the line, right? For uh, uh, somebody like Jalen Brown or. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards or any other athletes that you, mm-hmm. that you deal with. So um, I wanted to uh, kind of shift for a moment over to obviously as a as a female trainer, um, starting in the early 2000s, you've been in this for, for 20 years at this point. But what? Almost. The, the, yeah, <laughs> almost. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's obvious obstacles starting 20 years ago as, as a female, uh, in the sports performance world, uh, you know, training a lot of male dominant sports, what obstacles did you face getting started? And do you still face obstacles to this day? Um, I mean, there's definitely always obstacles. I'm gonna tell you one thing about me. And, and I've said this in interviews before, I think I was just so focused on working with the people that I have, um, wanting to see the greatness out of them that I didn't even know notice if there was even any type of like, you know, back talk or or major obstacles in that sense. Like I really just stayed focused um and kept doing what I was doing. Probably um maybe the past couple years, you know, you you start hearing a little more about women in sports um through just forums on social media and there's a, a little bigger awareness of it. Um, so it didn't really start, I didn't really start like thinking about it or how much, um, influence I may have or may not have whatever it is, um, within the industry until social media really started getting big. 
Um, like I said, like I was just like super focused. I mean, there were definitely moments in my time uh, that I that I knew I had to prove myself, and I was I'm just a hard worker. Um, but like I remember, you know, a little story back. Um, I was training a, a guy that came out of Georgia, and he was a professional NFL player. He was a D end, and he was working on some sled poles. And I was a trainer under XBE Sports, and they were talking junk. And I, I ended up having to pull what he was pulling, the same weight, you know, just to <laughs> prove my, just to prove myself to them, even though it did probably didn't even make sense. But it was like little stuff like that. But I think um, part of the success too, especially when it comes to like working speed, agility, footwork, change direction, um, especially for like you know the NFL players or basketball players. Um, is that I, I make sure that I do the work, like I can demonstrate it. I can go full out on it. I work out with them and I think they, they admire that part. That's what I, some of the feedback I get, but I love working out with them. So when they go run Hills or if they're in the sand pit, when we're doing footwork and change direction, I'm right there with them. Um, so I think it's a lot of times I hear is that, um, some of the athletes will say, I've never had a trainer do the workout with me. Yeah. And that's something I was going to, you, you beat me to it because just from what we see on social media, I'm sure you do it even more than you actually publicize it. But you working out with the athletes is something that I was immediately drawn to, uh, just as a viewer of the workouts and saying, you know, not only is Lily training these incredible athletes, but she is demonstrating and going through the actual workouts with these athletes. So um, it's different for sure. I, I could understand why the athletes uh, give you a lot of positive feedback around working out with them because a lot of trainers, yeah, they work out, but they're not going to actually do the workouts that the athletes are doing, right? So that is a different differentiator for uh, for you and, and your, your sports. Um, I wanted to ask you as far as uh, the business side of things have gone, uh, what is it like, uh, you obviously train athletes, but you know, how has your journey come as a business owner? What has that been like? And what kind of successes have you uh, had recently or in the past? And what obstacles have you had to overcome while learning the business side of things? Yeah. So, you know, training is one aspect. Um, being able to understand the business is like a whole nother beast. So it's a whole nother thing you had to overcome. But I mean, over the years, it's just really finding the right team. Um, so I have strength trainers on staff. I have other speed agility trainers on staff, assistants um, and interns. So it's just about finding the right team um, so that we work together, have a program together that really benefits the overall um, wealth for the athlete. Um, and that was always my main focus. Like I'm a, a huge, like I'm, I'm a provider. That's how I always, that's how I look at myself as, um, and I will do what I can to make sure that the athlete feels like they are the ones being taken care of. And they're number one in my eyes, even though I might have about 30 other dudes walking through, you see what I'm saying? So, um, just finding the right team, definitely understanding, you know, there are business things. It's like money goes, money Money comes in, money goes out. Um, but being able to feel like I could keep these doors open, um, which I'm sure a lot of business owners can understand, you know, um, 
understanding what does the overhead look like? You know, is that just rent alone or does that, how, how, how does the payroll look like? Uh, just little stuff like that, that it's just a whole nother business in itself. There's training business and then there's a business. So, yeah. And, and that's something that you've had to do over time and you've evolved and you're not only running a business, you're training other trainers, you're training athletes, you're expanding your, uh, you know, what you provide to your athletes and your services, you're expanding your service line to your athletes. You really, uh, do 10 things in one, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of like a do it all. And at the end of the day, you have to do what, uh, you're best at, which is training, right? And that's what keeps the athletes coming back. That's what keeps your, your, uh, gym growing and growing after 20 years. And that's going to continue be continued success into the future. So, uh, where you are today, you've come a long way in the last 20 years. I'm sure you would, uh, uh, you know, agree with that. But what are your future plans for DSA uh, moving forward in the next few years or the next, uh, you know, 10 years? Or what does it look like from here? Yeah, I mean, I definitely love where I'm at right now. So I'm trying to be present a little more with uh, where I'm at and who we're training and what we're doing. Um, But definitely, you know, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. I love what I do. Um, I love the grind. I, I love seeing other trainers like, you know, learn from me and, and, and apply what, what has made me successful into their, into their lives, um, helping other athletes out. I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years or 10 years from now, but I know like DSA will still be around. Um, it's not going to, you know, go away anytime soon. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the growth because there, there is definitely growth coming, um, and just hopefully helping a whole lot of other people. Yeah. And for those who are wondering where you're located, uh, you're right outside or you're you're in Atlanta, Georgia, or right outside Atlanta, Georgia, one of the premier training uh, spots in Georgia. Um, so we are excited to see what the future holds for DSA and, and you and your athletes moving forward. Uh, and just to wrap up here, one question I like to kind of close out my episodes with, and and uh, there's always a different t- a different take. But uh, you know, what advice would you give to your younger self starting out, and would you change anything about your journey to this point? Um, I think I'd tell my younger self uh, to trust trust myself, trust my instincts a little more. Um, don't question you know as much of the process as I probably had in the past. Um, just to trust it. And then, um, what was the second question? (laughs) Yeah. Um, would you change anything about your journey to this point? No, I've learned so much that there's no way I could have skipped a moment or a a phase in this journey, um, and think that I I'd still be where I'm at. Um, even if the process took a little longer, it was definitely like, meant to have happened just for my own learning and experience. Yeah. I think sometimes the best way uh, to be successful or learn is to learn from mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to have mentors. Mentors are a big part of you know what you do or what athletes do. Mentors are, are, are crucial to be successful, but sometimes you have to uh, witness or be have those failures firsthand and that's how you learn and, and get better and continue to build year after year after year. So, um, that, that, that's definitely a, a key component of has gotten you to where you are today. So, uh, once again, uh, Lily Abdomalik, 
founder and sports performance specialist at DSA Sports Performance. It was wonderful to have you on the show. We're excited to see where DSA goes from here. We'll keep our listeners clued in. But Lily, it was wonderful to have you. Thank you.